My thoughts were interrupted by a knock at the window that made my heart stop. It was too dark to see anything, but the person knocked again. Trey, can you let me in? He said, and I recognized that voice. It was my father's voice. <laughs> yes, my mama eat you like Jeff Dahmer. Say she on a period, let's make a mess, mama. I desensitized myself to it. I, 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 uh... I don't know, I went to great lengths. Never did I. Knew it would be this easy. Had a month that shit greasy. Yeah, be the nigga shit cheesy. People said I get my corner when I turn around. Oh, it's just measy. Everybody wanna get away from me because I got heebie-jeebies masked up like Michael. That game on the Halloween. What would you do with these sexual parts? I wouldn't make the audience or see. How long ago did this start, so? anything you cancel bro I'm fixated on asphyxiating and breaking this little chick's neck like a pixie stick the sick Satan worshiping bitches get horse whippings I'm in the back through the back door slipping through the cracks leaving the corpse dripping the mortician of love sent from above forced and treat her more when she the more stingy I become been doing this for more than a quarter century I'm just numbing my dreaming is it real someone pinch me on the buns do you feel blame are you mad? Uh, do you feel like wolves could bob for a French? Get a French bitch, 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 Welcome back to the Rainy Day Horror Show. I'm Big Daddy D, and you are listening to the number one podcast on the internet. And today is Tuesday. And you know what time it is. It is time for short Reddit horror stories. And boy, does Dusty have a good one lined up for you guys. It is creepy. It is spooky. Woo, spooky. It is just really chilling. Like, he told me while he was reading this that it actually gave him chills up his spinal cord. And he doesn't get that often with reading these short Reddit horror stories, I'll tell you that much. Alright, so, we're gonna jump right into it. I'm gonna let Dusty take over from here. So without any more breaks in the audio, welcoming to the show. For this afternoon, because it is noon, Dusty McBalls, aka the Certified Cougar Hunter, and your host with the most. Now shut up and enjoy this episode. Thank you, Big D, for another beautiful intro. And people, we're going to jump right into it. This is what I think is probably one of the better stories that I have found on Reddit within 
a little bit, okay? It is it is a truly good story, and it did actually give me chills. Big D was not lying. It did give me the chills. Not the Big D, but you, you, know, you know what I mean, you weirdos. <laughs> you disgusting little pervs. This story is what I'm talking about, okay? Now, this story is called The Doppelganger, and it comes from the subreddit Scary Stories with the user being Combat Wombat 98 5-3, and it is so fucking good. So we're just going to jump right into it. I am not holding back from this episode. I'm so excited. So, without further ado, let's get into it. I never truly had a problem with where we lived. It was a secluded area, but that also just meant privacy was easy to come by. It was a small county in eastern Tennessee that had maybe a hundred houses or so. It was just me and my parents alone in the mountains. Mom had gotten used to the mountain life and never gave much thought to leaving. My dad worked as a county game warden and usually never got home until around 8 or 9 at night. I remember one night though, He came home rather early. He always had keys to open the door with and would typically come right in, grab something to eat, sit in his recliner, and then just head straight to bed. Where was I? Lost my spot. Okay, we're back. But tonight, he came in and silently sat at the table, not moving or eating. He just sat there with his head in his hands. Something wrong, Dad? I asked him. He turned to look at me with a grim look of sadness crawling over his face. Oddly enough, it seemed to quickly contort to a look of concern now. Mike has been missing from the station for almost two days. Nobody has been able to track him down and his family is becoming restless. Just been hard to face a wife and kids who think they've just lost their husband and father. That's all, buddy, he told me with an almost solemn tone to his voice. Mike was his partner for the past few years. He was a younger man no more than maybe 30 years old. Mom came in and started having a conversation with Dad while I returned to the TV. Their voices both cracked time to time. I presumed it was due to the gravity of the situation. About 10 minutes later, Dad returned to the living room with Mom and they turned on the TV. Well, hold on, sorry. They turned off the TV. Fuck that one up. They turned off the TV while I was watching it. Before I could protest, they both looked at me and spoke. Son, until all of this clears up, I want you to promise me a few things, okay? From now on, don't open the door for anybody. Me and your mother both have keys and we can let ourselves in. He told me while I listened intently. We won't have a need to knock or call for you. 
And if you hear any of that, simply ignore it and go to your room. You have our cell phone numbers, so please just call us if you need to. He finished. I nodded my head, slightly concerned about the exact reasons for these specific rules. But it wasn't out of the ordinary for my parents to occasionally be strict. Agreeing to their terms, I went to sleep. I was on winter break from school, so I had no reason to rise early. The next morning, I got up while mom was sending dad off for work. They always gave each other a peck and said I love you before parting ways. This morning, though, seemed somehow more dire than usual. There was a grave sense of concern in my mother's voice as they said goodbye. The day was rather normal up until it was time for dad to come home. He didn't use the keys like usual. He just knocked. I almost didn't think it was him until I remembered his truck lights pulling in through the window. I figured I'd play along and open the door with a funny face or a joke to greet him. But when I opened the door, I was only met with the furious father. Trey, what was the one simple rule I told you to follow? He said. His voice was stern and angered. I'm sorry, Dad. I, I just knew it was you, I replied. No, you didn't. You just thought it was me. I told you I would let myself in. His voice bellowed loudly at me. My mom walked in and seemed to try and calm him down. Henry, he's just confused, and I'm sure he won't make the mistake again. Go easy on him, my mom said softly. Dinner was quiet that night. Between dad being furious with me and mom trying to keep the peace, you could cut the tension with the knife. Mom tried breaking the ice. Any updates on Mike, she asked. We got a call this morning. They found him down by Deer Point Creek, he said, sounding somewhat hopeless. Well, that's great. I'm sure his family was relieved, Mom said to him. Dad looked up with tears in his eyes. It took a moment, but both me and Mom realized the gravity of the situation. Mom never asked if he was found alive, and now, somehow, we knew she didn't have to. Look at me, both of you, Dad said in a demanding voice. I don't know if it's a person or a thing, but right now, this mountain isn't safe. I can't explain the testimonies and stories that I got surrounding Mike. But I know that whoever did this is smart, he told us. They're posing as other people, pretending to be someone they're not, so that they can get into their homes and lives. Dad looked over at me and saw the concern in my eyes. He excused me from the table 
and said he loved me before sending me to my room so he and mom could talk. I tried listening, but I couldn't make out what he was... Whoa. I couldn't make out what was being said. Mike. Wife. Body. Two weeks old. Hiding. House. Two. Missing. Is all I could make from their chat. That night I had trouble sleeping. The jumbled words I had made out played in my head over and over like a blank record. I tried piecing together the bits of conversation that I heard. So far, I had, Mike's wife said, body two weeks old, someone hiding in the house, two kids missing. I shuddered at my concoction of, of the mind. What I made up Mike, what, 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 hold on, rewind. What I made up, Mike's wife said his body was found to be two weeks old, even though they found it this morning, and apparently he was only missing for a few days. That begs the question of who was with his family all that time. My thoughts were interrupted by a knock at the window that made my heart stop. It was too dark to see anything, but the person knocked again. Trey, can you let me in? He said, and I recognized that voice. It was my father's voice. Dad, what are you doing outside? I asked. He took a moment to respond. I thought I heard something and went to go check it out, but the door shut behind me. It's cold out here, buddy. Let me in. I was still frozen in fear, but somehow my concerns got worse as a figure appeared in my doorway. It was my father, wearing his typical loungewear pajamas. He held a finger up in silence to me, signaling me to be quiet. Trey, the voice from outside called out. My dad erupted so abruptly that I jumped in my bed. Get away from my house. Stay away from my family, he yelled. The voice from outside never replied. The only sounds I could hear were what seemed like low growls and something that sounded similar to a cat's purr. My dad wrapped his arms around me and told me it was okay and he was proud of me for not complying to the person's request. The next morning, Dad called off work. He decided to stay home with me and Mom, presumably to ensure whatever was at my window last night wouldn't come back. That night, around 9 at night, we all three heard a knock at the door. My dad didn't respond and held his hand up to signal all of us to remain silent. Guys, it's just me, the voice rang out. I'm headed to the station for an emergency. Did I leave my keys to the house in there? He replied. My mother had tears swiftly form in her eyes, while my heart began to beat faster and faster.
I was hoping you'd show up tonight. I wanted to catch you off guard. My real father called out to the voice. The only noise that followed was a quick yelp like a dog had been frightened and the patter of feet scurrying away. Henry, what was that? My mother asked him. My dad held his head down as he thought about how to respond. I don't know, Amanda, but I know it wants in this house, he replied in a husband, hushed, not husband, hushed tone. Dad radioed for several of his officer friends to come to the house. When they arrived, they found that our mailbox was torn to shreds. Our flag torn from the house and small holes dug into the yard everywhere. Whatever was at our door must have thrown a tantrum after Dad sent it away. We all three walked outside, and Dad agreed to attempt to follow the being with his friends. He made Mom promise to not open the door like usual. As we both made our way back inside, I went straight to my room to hide under the blanket and pray that I wouldn't hear a knock or a call. My pleasant surprise, I didn't. And an hour later, Dad called to tell us that he was on his way home and they couldn't find anything. I presume Mom was in shock still because she didn't reply. She only weakly nodded her head. Dad got home and walked straight through the door. He was scared about something, but also mad too. Trey, Amanda... Who left the door unlocked? He yelled at us, Mom trying to calm him down. Honey, nobody knocked or tried to come in. I've been watching the door all night, she assured him. My dad looked around frantically. Henry, I think you're just paranoid about us. We're okay, and so are you, she told him. They both walked to their bedroom as I returned to mine. The next morning, I woke up and found the house vacant. Mom nor Dad was in their room. I saw the front door open and presumed they were outside. I smelled something, though. It was a vile and disgusting smell. It was coming from their bedroom. I walked in, and the putrid aroma was coming from within their closet. I opened the closet and realized just how crucial our mistake was last night. I saw the body of my mother. A single slash wound in her neck had caused blood to spill out everywhere on the carpet. I cried as I stood there and fell to my knees. My own mother, dead, in front of me. As I looked at her body, my mind began to flare, as if I had noticed something without actually noticing it. My mother didn't have a mole under her eye. As a matter of fact, her eyes were uneven, with her left eye almost drooping below her nose. She had no teeth, but upon further inspection, She had no place for them. This woman or thing 
wasn't my mother at all. As that thought crossed my mind, I looked up to see both of my parents storm into the room with the police. They apologized to me while escorting me outside. They said they had hoped to catch me before I woke up to explain. Before I woke up, okay, yeah, I read that right. It just sounded weird. But the story I was given was clearly a fabricated story to shield me from what really happened. I was told a woman was trying to break into our house after dad had written her a ticket that pushed her over the edge. But I wasn't buying it. I knew this thing was capable of far more than just being a psycho. Psychos don't manipulate voices and faces at will. Whatever this thing was, it was dead. That's all that matters to me. And as we walked to our car, car whoa, I don't know what the fuck that was. That was weird. Okay. Rewind again. As we walked to our car to allow the investigators to continue, I looked up at my dad, who had his arm around me, and I noticed something. Did he always have black hair? And that is the end of the story. Told you that was a good story. Y'all didn't believe me? Y'all didn't believe me. If you don't know what it's talking about, hold on, my arm itches. So if you hear me scratching, sorry. If you guys don't know what this story is taking place after, it's after a skinwalker, I would assume. It's giving me skinwalker vibes, so I would assume it's a skinwalker. I don't know if they have skinwalkers in Tennessee. But they also, I think that's the Appalachian Mountains run through Tennessee anyway. So it could be completely, something completely different, right? It could be some weird Appalachian folklore monster thing. But hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Um, We have a good story coming up on Friday. It is going to be a disappearance from a Disney Disney cruise liner. I I think I said that right. But it's going to be interesting. Um... It's going to be our first like official disappearance slash cold case, I think, on this channel. So I'm kind of psyched about it. It's going to be very, very interesting. And then, hold on, I have to look and see what we, who, who, what, what town we're, what, not town, what state we're doing this weekend on Sunday for serial killers. Illinois. Illinois, you are up. So we are doing H.H. Holmes. And then after Illinois, it's Texas. So. I'm excited to do H.H. Holmes. I haven't really paid attention to him or anything in a really long time. Um, like I said last episode, well, on Sunday's episode, I um, I did a paper on him in high school. So it'll be fun to retouch up on that and learn more about him. He's uh, one of Him and Ed Kemper, I think, are my top two so far. And at the end of this, maybe I'll rank all five of the serial killers that I did. I can do a whole episode on all of them. Like, my thoughts. That'd be kind of fucking cool, but I don't know. So, that's what's going on the rest of the week. Don't know what we're going to do for a horror story. Or, not a horror story. A horror movie breakdown. Um, yeah, that's all I really got for you guys. So, remember, stay frosty. Stay foxy. Most importantly, the most important thing on this planet stay safe you beautiful peacocks i love y'all deuces